Thanks for listening to Parkview on the Go. No matter where you're from, what your story is, or where you are on your spiritual journey, you belong here and we want to help you take a step toward God. If at any point along the way you feel like you want to have a conversation about faith, life, and where God might be leading you next, you can let us know at parkviewchurch.com slash next steps. That's parkviewchurch.com slash next steps. We hope this content encourages you to continue becoming the person God created you to be. Enjoy the service. Remember, kid, there's heroes and there's legends. Heroes get remembered, but legends never die. Follow your heart, kid. Never go wrong. I was from another state and I didn't have a single friend in a thousand miles. It was a lousy way to end up the fifth grade. I want you to get out into the fresh air and make some friends. Now how come he don't get to be? Because he's a geek, man. He has cash. And that's about where it all started. Man, this is baseball. You gotta stop thinking. You should have fun. You're killing me, Smalls. The day we all got back together for some baseball. The bees got it! your ball. It was my stepdad's. I stole it from his trophy room. Yeah, she even signed her name on it. Some lady named Ruth. <laughs> Baby Ruth. Baby You're the ones that are making all that racket. <laughs> Here we are at the Sandlot. I love it because we're at the little baseball park behind my house where I made my uh, oldest daughter, Rachel, try to play baseball, uh, softball, because, you know, she was such a music person and a bookworm. She, I just thought maybe it would expand her horizons, but uh, she doesn't have any sports skills at all, but we figured that out. She hated it. The Sandlot is a story from the early 60s about a new kid in town. His last name is one of the best known single word lines from any movie, Smalls. Some fun facts. The chewing tobacco was made of licorice and bacon bits, um, and they said it was so nasty that combined with riding all the carnival rides, they got sick just like it would have been tobacco anyway. The vomit uh, in that scene, by the way, was a mixture of split pea soup, baked beans, oatmeal, water, and jello, which would also make you want to barf anyway. It's partly autobiographical. The movie was inspired by a childhood experience of the co-writer and director David Mickey Evans' brother. Some older boys wouldn't let Evans play baseball with him, and when they lost a ball over the brick wall, uh, he thought he'd get on their good side by retrieving it for them. And when he hopped the wall, he found a giant dog named Hercules waiting for him, uh, except this time he was bitten. Um, 
Benny uh, and his older self at the end of the film are actually brothers in real life. I think that's fun. And Mr. Myrtle's voice, um, I mean, if you haven't put that together, is also Darth Vader. Luke, I have your baseball. Okay, here we go. The movie takes place in the summer of 1962 when a reserved fifth grader moves in with his, moves with his parents to a suburb of Los Angeles and he doesn't know anyone and he's struggling to make friends. So to help, he decides to go join the neighborhood boys who play baseball at the local sandlot. followed them to the sandlot once after school. I'd never seen any place like it. It was like their own little baseball kingdom or something. It was the greatest place I'd ever seen anyway. But they were good, real good. And all I had was a plastic toy mitt that my grandmother gave me for my birthday when I was six. But when I finally got up enough guts to go out there and try and make friends, I found out that they never kept score. They never chose sides. They never even really stopped playing the game. It just went on forever. Every day, they picked up right where they left off the day before. It was like an endless dream game. There was only eight of them, so they didn't have a whole team. So even though I didn't know how to play, I figured I could be the ninth man and maybe just stand in the outfield somewhere and take up space. Of course, if I'd have known what was going to happen when I got there, I probably never would have gone. If it wasn't for Benny, I never would have made a single friend that summer. I don't know if you've ever moved someplace where you were the new person that didn't know anyone. Um, I did. I moved uh, a lot and it wasn't easy. I moved just before kindergarten from Oklahoma City to Denver. And in fourth grade, we moved back to a different part of Oklahoma City. And in eighth grade, I moved to Enid, Oklahoma. 
And if you've ever moved, usually one of the toughest things is making new friends, good friends. I mean, honestly, if you psychoanalyzed me, you would probably realize that the reason I am uh, uh, was the class clown and am a comedian and am the kind of person that I am is probably because I had to learn at an early age to go in and make friends right away. So I'm, I'm good at it. Um, I don't know why, but the memory is etched in my mind of the first day at school and it's, it's lunch, right? I don't know anyone, I'm so nervous about where I should sit. Um, and do you wanna see a picture of me in seventh grade? Okay, but promise not to laugh. Yeah, those glasses. I mean, who wouldn't wanna sit next to that kid? When's the last time you were a new person in a new environment? It could be a new job, new school, neighborhood, maybe brand new at Parkview, wondering if this is the church for you. Just first of all, just let me say that I'm really glad you're here, and I really hope that Parkview is a place that you feel right at home. We don't want to do that. But what the Sandlot is going to teach us is that no matter who you are, no matter how new you are, whether you've been around for a long time, God designed you to have strong relationships around you. Not just relationships. Notice I said strong relationships. In fact, one of our greatest values at Parkview is creating a place where you can find community real people to do life with, because it's one of God's greatest desires for you. I mean, if I asked you what you were most thankful for, I'm pretty sure most of you wouldn't say a car or a house or a thing, you would say a person. Relationships are the most important thing in life. That's why our church does not consider our mission complete when someone attends a worship gathering or joins us online. We wanna get you connected in relationship. And for Smalls, one great person, Benny, is gonna come alongside him and help make that happen. Hey. Uh, I'm gonna go play some ball and we need an extra guy. You wanna go? No, thanks. Why not? Don't you like baseball? Oh yeah, but... Uh... But what? Uh, but my glove. It's busted. Uh, so you know, I can't go. Thanks though. It's okay. I got an extra one. Come on, let's go. Mom, I'm gonna go play some ball. Be back in a little while. Come on, let's go. Why'd you bring him, Benny? Because there's eight of us and he makes nine. Yeah, yeah, so would my sister, but I didn't bring her. With nine guys, we got a whole team, yeah, yeah. Benny, we told you. Kids are square. Come on, put in. I don't believe this. Here. Sorry. Sorry.
can't throw it, you know. No. I can't. I don't know how. Thanks for taking me here. But I think I better go. You think too much. I should get straight A's. No, I got a B once. Actually, it was an A minus. But it should have been a B. Man, this is baseball. You gotta stop thinking. You just have fun. I mean, if you were having fun, you would have caught that ball. You ever have a paper out? I helped a guy once. Okay. Well, tuck it like you would throw a paper. When your arm gets here, just let go. Just let go. It's that easy. How do I catch it? Just stand there and stick your glove out in the air. I'll take care of it. Told you, Benny. Smalls, throw it to second. Okay. See you later, Ed. 8 o'clock tomorrow. 8 o'clock, Benny? Yeah, yeah send us, Walls. Bye. See you tomorrow. Benny, wait! Your glove! Keep it, man. Thanks! Oh, yeah. Hey, Smalls. Um, bring a t-shirt and jeans tomorrow, okay? Oh. Oh, yeah. Um, you got a fireplace? Yeah, why? Throw that head in there, man. Oh, yeah. You know, it was the only one I had. Not anymore. Where's my old head? Eight o'clock tomorrow morning. Thanks, Benny. Great. Eight o'clock. I love that scene because it proves two things. When you are new, oftentimes it's the fear of looking dumb or making a fool out of ourselves that keeps us from plugging in. And the second thing is what really helps is when someone takes us under their wing and introduces us. No matter how old you are or what environments comprise your life, someone needs you to be their Benny. And the great thing about being a Benny is the qualifications are easy to meet. You just have to include someone. It's pretty basic, right? There's not a single person hearing me who doesn't have what it takes to pull someone into their circle. 
Some of you show up on the weekends, but you've never joined a group during the week. In other words, you're doing church without real community. And to shoot straight with you, for some of you, the reason you haven't joined a group is you just don't have time or you can't find a babysitter or whatever. And those are excuses. As I talked about a couple of weeks ago with Reset, I think maybe the real issue is maybe you want to avoid a brand new situation where you might be uncomfortable. And I understand that. I do. So if you're a person in a group, take somebody under your wing. And if you're the person who doesn't have anybody, you're going to have to take a step out of your comfort zone. The first time I went skydiving, um, it was my 40th birthday and uh, my wife surprised me with it. Um, because, you know, I'd always like driven by those skydive Chicago signs and said, oh, that'd be fun to do someday. Of course, I didn't really mean it. I was just being macho, but she thought I meant it. So for my 40th birthday, you know, this big surprise, you're going skydiving. So I'm like, well, I guess I have to do it now. But the fun thing is she knew I wouldn't want to do it alone. So she coaxed our good friend, Steve Grind, shout out to you, Steve, uh, who was way more nervous about it than I was to go along and go with me. And the, the fact of the matter is, however scared I was of jumping out of the plane, all I had to do was look at Steve and he was way more afraid than I was. And it kind of made everything go a lot better. So love you, buddy. For those of you that have never joined a, a group, you are missing one of the most powerful things that God will use to grow your faith because sometimes you're gonna be like, I'm kind of nervous about this, but you're gonna look over and see Steve and he's gonna be flipping through his Bible going, I don't even know where that is and what, what am I doing? And, and he's gonna have that look in his eyes and you're gonna be like, okay, maybe I got this. And maybe you're, you're gonna be Steve. And um, you know what? We're gonna wrap our arms around you. You don't need to know anything about the Bible. You can be brand new in your faith. No one's gonna call on you to turn to a passage or ask you to pray out loud. It's just an amazing chance to encourage each other. And I can guarantee you, groups are how you grow. Bible says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. You get that analogy, right? I mean, that's how they did it back then. You can't really grow and be sharpened on your own. You need others, we all do. I find it interesting that Jesus himself didn't do life on his own. You watched the scene from The Chosen last week. I really wanna encourage you. I hardly ever encourage you to watch Christian stuff, but I really wanna encourage you to get online, go to Peacock or whatever and watch The Chosen and watch Jesus do life with these 12 people. It, I mean, why? He was, the, he, he was the son of God. Did he need these people around him? Yes, he did. And what the group did together, they all sharpened each other because of it. The Hebrew writer says, let us consider how we may spur one another on. You get that, right? You got this, buddy. It's like, you know, you're working out with somebody, a trainer, whatever, one more set. Spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. It's remarkable what happens when we're in community in the church. I've had several in, in our time, obviously, neighborhood groups and, and, and all kinds of stuff. But man, a few months ago, we got together with our first small group. I'm talking 1990 to probably uh, 2000. And um, our friends Daryl and Nancy were in from out of town. They moved away during that period, but they were back in. And one of our former members of that, one of our members of that group was having a birthday. And we haven't been a small group in over 20 years. And it was unbelievable 
hear the emotion in my voice. It was unbelievable. It was like we picked up exactly where we left off. And a lot of us went through a lot of hard times in those times in our group. And, and, and the truth of the matter is, a lot of us haven't been around each other that much, not nearly in the close relationships we were back then. But I can tell you something, Parkview, those people in my first small group absolutely saved Parkview because those early years were hard as, as we were transitioning the church out of an inward focus to an outward focus. A lot of people didn't like it, but those people were there for me. And because of that, I've been able to be there for you. Benny helped encourage Smalls to get into their group. Maybe there's someone in your life that you need to encourage to join your group, or maybe you're just the one that needs to initially take that step of signing up for a group. One of the big reasons you need community is because at some time, at some point in life, we're all gonna hit hard times. We're all gonna go through loss and pain and discouragement and struggling in our faith. And for the Sandlot crew, that happens only when they lose their only baseball over the fence. Might not seem like a big deal, but you can't play baseball without a ball. So Smalls goes home to get one of his stepdad's baseballs. What he doesn't know is that it's one of the rarest collectibles around. But instead of me explaining, let's just watch what happens. Here you go. Okay. Okay. Come on. Here. All right. Come on. Get it here. One, two, three. Three strikes. Three pitches. Get that ball back. Oh, yeah, right. Good one, Small. <laughs> yeah, good one, Small. Hey, Shelby, forget about it, man. Yeah. Let's get another ball. No, you don't understand. Sure we do. You feel bad because you belted a homer, and now we can't play no more. No, you don't understand. That wasn't my ball. What do you mean that wasn't your ball? It was my stepdad's. I stole it from his trophy room. It was a present or something. Somebody gave it to him. But we gotta get it back. He's gonna kill me! Listen to me, Smalls. It's the matter of life and death. Where did your old man get that ball? What? I don't know. 
Some lady gave it to him. Why? What? what? Uh, yeah, she even signed her name on it. Some lady named Ruth. Baby Ruth. absolutely no idea what we were going to do. So, things started primitively. Just a little bit we're dealing with the superior intelligence. That baseball would be worth like up to 50 grand today, depending on how much the dog chewed it up. Tough times show you who your real friends are, who you can really rely on. And the thing is, you can have a lot of people who are acquaintances or say they are your friends, but when tough times come, you get to see who your real friends really are. Listen to Proverbs 18. Someone with many companions may find themselves alone in difficult times. That's hilarious. It's like he could look down through the future and see Facebook right there, right? He who, who has many friends on Facebook may find themselves alone in difficult times because they might not really be your friends, but there is one true friend who is actually closer than a family member, than a brother. I think one of the gifts of 2020 should have been the revelation of the state of your relationships. Did you have the right people around you in community? The way I think about it is, do you have people or a group of people even better that you could call at 2 a.m. and know that they're gonna pick up the phone? 
I don't know what Denise and I would have done without our close friend community, our small group community through our lives, and especially through the last year. And it was really helpful for me to have close friends on like different sides of all the issues that we were dealing with. It was very important to help give me the balance that I needed. And honestly, one of my greatest burdens for you in the past year was that you had the right community around you. I was praying that. Uh, I just, I, I don't know what any of us would have done without our friends and family through the last year. And I'm not gonna ask you if you have friends like that. I'm gonna ask you a tougher question. Are you a friend like that? God wants us to have that kind of community, to be that kind of church where we can be that kind of friend to others, to be there when the going gets tough, to be the Benny. Anyone can stick around when everything is going well and life is up and to the right, but getting through the tough times together is what makes our relationship stronger, and it turns us into the people that God wants us to be. The Bible says we should rejoice with those who rejoice. Yeah, that's great, but we should also mourn with those who mourn. And it's amazing what a difference it can make when someone like Benny opens up the circle and invites someone like Smalls inside. In our movie, this group's friendship is about to go to another level. After multiple failed attempts to get the Babe Ruth ball back from the beast, Benny has a dream. You're saying I should hop over that fence and pickle the beast? Think about that, kid. I'll see you later. Remember, kid, there's heroes and there's legends. Heroes get remembered, but legends never die. Follow your heart, kid. And you never go wrong. I had a dream. Get dressed for going to the Sandlot. Come on. Okay, I'll eat. I'll give my stuff. Only one kid in history had ever attempted what Benny was about to. And he got eaten. So we were worried. Real worried. Even when Benny brought out the secret weapon. Shoes guaranteed to make a kid run faster and jump higher. PF Flyers.
Watching that scene, you know, what's going through my mind, I couldn't help but think how nice that dog was and how most cats would have probably scratched your eyes out. What I love about this movie is there's a really powerful parable about the power of relationships, having friends in your life, connecting to your church community that you can count on. I need it, you need it, we all need it. Tough times reveal who your friends really are, don't they? I mean, just two weeks ago, I spent some time with my stinkling buddies, my, my guys who are my support network, the other four other, three other pastors who have hung out with me for the last 15 years. And I can't tell you, I don't know that any of us would still be doing what we're doing if it wasn't for each other. So the question is, do you have that kind of community? And if you don't, let me tell you the secret of great relationships. And if you know today you need a better community around you, I wanna challenge you to invest in it. Don't expect it to magically happen. You have to sow some seeds. What would that look like practically? Well, if you're already in a group, invite someone, be the Benny and invite somebody that you know needs it. If you aren't in a group, be Smalls and walk over to the baseball field, you know? It's easy to find a group at Parkview. We've got hundreds of them all over the place. We've got a group near you. We've made it easy for you. You can go to our app and hit find a group and type in your address and all the groups around you will appear. And it'll give you details about the people that are in there. It'll give you their 
you know, net worth or social security number, um, you know, likes and dislikes. We're basically Google. And, and you can pick a, pick a group that way, okay? And we're gonna also start rooted back up again. If you haven't done that, you know how important that is. Um, you've heard us talk about it. If you don't know, go check it out online. A 10 week program to get you grounded in your faith, rooted. And we also have these alpha groups that are meeting now, most of them in bars, which is a great place for people who are searching and, and want to know more about Jesus. The alpha groups are fantastic. It's taught over and over again in scripture that you reap what you sow. Galatians says you will always harvest what you plant. And Jesus said the measure that you use, it will be measured to you. So if you don't have friendships right now, it may be because you're not investing in them. So maybe you've been wondering about your year. Is 21 going to be any better? Because it's hard to tell so far, right? And what about 22? I'm going to make it real simple for you, okay? I have a pot here. Um, if I want to grow some tomatoes in this pot, um, what do I need to do? Because right now I've, I've just, this is not a tomato for those of you that don't. This is a weed I just got out of the dugout, okay? If I want this to turn into tomatoes, what do I need to do? I need to get my hands dirty. I need to <laughs> I need to get rid of the weed and I need to plant some tomatoes and I need to water it and I need to cultivate it and I need to feed it, okay? And if I'm willing to do that and, and get my hands dirty, then later this year I'll have tomatoes. So let's call this pot your year. And if you're looking at your year right now thinking, wow, I don't know how this is gonna work, kind of kind of barren, wish I had some good friends and we could do some stuff together, then here's what you do, you plant it. You don't sit around waiting you plant it, you make it happen for yourself, you make it happen for someone else. Reach out and be a friend. Plan some fun stuff and invite some people to join you, just do it. How do you have the best year of your life? You invest in relationships and what you plant, you will get back. Not immediately, but eventually. And in the meantime, God will bless you because you're acting like Jesus, reaching out and being a friend and that makes God smile. And who's living on the other side of the fence? You know, that fence is a whole nother thing. Who is it that you're afraid of that, that you're like, well, they've got a big dog or, or, or they don't look like me or whatever. What about that person over the fence? What about the beast or, or Mr. Myrtle? You thought of them as fellow, if you started thinking of them as fellow citizens in God's family, like Ephesians 2 says, what if you saw someone that, that, that doesn't really belong on the other side of the fence, they belong with me? You see them that way. They belong in God's household. What if we all realize that God's household is not complete without that person living in it? We're gonna concentrate on that this year, Parkview, because the household of God is incomplete with whoever that person is living outside of it. And that means together with you, they've gotta be here with us, joined together through Jesus. On our side of the fence, they always feel like strangers and aliens but we've got to get them on our side of the fence. We've got to go meet them. We've got to be where they are. And this isn't easy to do because like the boys, many of us have built them up over and over again through our imagination or our brief experience or our muddled perception of who they are, right? It's easy to continue that perception. Just listen to the, the Facebook people who are on your side of that perception. Say to say things like, well, I'll be on their side of the fence as soon as we agree. Um, 
I'll forgive them once they forgive me. I'll befriend them once they agree to befriend me. That's not the attitude of Christ because the attitude of Christ is that God demonstrated his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So what are the seeds of friendship? Make a text, make a call, extend an invitation, share a blessing, offer a comfort, accept a comfort, touch base because it's been a while. Like gardening and farming, no guarantees, no predetermined results. Sometimes it goes well and it changes your life for the good. And when you invest, you might just end up with a great set of relationships that God uses for a season or even for a lifetime. We all lived together in the neighborhood for a couple of more years, mostly through junior high school. And every summer was great. But none of them ever came close to that first one. When one guy would move away, we never replaced him on the team with anyone else. We just kept the game going like he was still there. Wow, I thought it hurt my hand. Hercules lived to be 199 years old, uh, in doggy years. I was the last one to move away, but when I did, the Sandlot was still there. After Benny pickled the beast, his reputation spread all over town. From then on, he was known as Benny the Jet Rodriguez, and the nickname stuck with him for the rest of his life. situation of the season. They say the Jets lost a step or two, but I wouldn't be surprised to see some fireworks here. The Jets got a suicide lead, and... And there he goes! He's stealing home! They don't see him! I don't believe it! He's stealing home! He's stealing home, and they don't see him! I don't believe it! They don't see him! I love that last picture. That's the picture of the church. That's a picture of real community, of real friendships. I'm convinced there are many people today, your real issue is you're just isolated, you're lonely, you're trying to do life on your own. And it's the one thing that's holding you back from growing and experiencing God's best for you. And I want more for you. And God wants more for you. And can I point out something to you right here? I want to show you this picture because this is what the beast really looked like. <laughs> it was just a big puppet, okay? I want you to see that picture and I want you to realize that whatever it is that you're afraid of out there and getting to know another person and going over the fence, it is that, that misperception that the beast is going to hurt you. The beast is just a big puppet. Take a step today. 
Take a step in your faith to get in a group, to get connected that will transform you more than you could possibly imagine. And can I just say, if you've got needs right now, I'm not asking you to just go do that. Ask any of our pastors or our staff. We will be happy to help you. And please don't forget, you're always gonna have Jesus. We're gonna do communion here in just a few minutes. Your campus pastor's gonna lead you. Jesus said, there's no greater love than to lay down his life for his friends, and you are my friends. You didn't choose me, I chose you. He chose us, he included us, he laid down his life for us. Who could ask for more in a friend? That's the place to start. So hold on to what we've been talking about. The campus pastor is gonna come out and lead you into communion and close us out today in prayer. Thanks again for listening. Like I mentioned before, we would love to hear from you. And if you want to talk with our team about taking your next step toward God, visit parkviewchurch.com slash next steps to let us know. Now may the grace and peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forever. See you next time.